Do you ever want to be a guest on a super cool podcast hosted by a glamorous power couple from their cutting-edge home studio on the outskirts of a major metropolitan world hub? Hollywood, anyone? Us, too. Until then, let's pretend. One of these days, you might get a DM, a PM, an EM, or even a message in a bottle inviting you to join my husband and I for an hour or two in our chat lab, working on solutions for all the world's problems. And when you are invited, there's only one response. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, oh. Um, hi, listeners. Welcome to another uh, edition of Yeah, Uh-huh with Lisa. And Phil. This week, we have Jessica. Jessica is joining us just to have general conversation and to maybe speak a little bit of her personal truth. And maybe we'll even put in some of ours. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Ours is pretty much boring and normal. Uh, But uh, hello, Jessica. Oh, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, We've kind of met Mm -hmm. um, within about, we've known each other about a year now, and uh, all three of us have Mm-hmm. Uh, got Me to know each so other um, from you know different haunts on the internet <laughs> but yeah. um, Phil and Phil and Jess are both IT and they met on the internet yeah well Jessica's more of a I guess more of a uh, database admin right yeah I mean I, I've I mean I've taken computer engineering classes and I know a lot about stuff but I, I don't do that side of stuff although I could yeah. code if I had to but that's not yeah. my yeah. main thing so right right you're uh, you're very uh tech savvy I mean uh, you probably blow me out of the water in terms of things that you've um, discussed with me about uh video cards and you know just you know the specs on the, some of these computers. Well, I know enough to laugh at it when I see people on a couple forums that, you know, we uh, both visit and, you know, they like to sit there and brag, you know, about technology and you read it though and you kind of shake your head and say, this this guy really doesn't know what he's talking about. Right, right. <laughs> and that would be me. For me, IT means information technology. Anything involving the computer, whether it's inside, outside, on top, underneath, or before it gets to the point where I can actually use it. <laughs> well the, the guy i was thinking about i won't mention his username though no one would know it anyway but it's funny right. because he he went on this site and he started talking about upgrading his computer and then he mentioned i think he spent two thousand eight hundred dollars on a graphics card and i just couldn't believe that because it was only worth twelve hundred mm-hmm. yeah i guess he yeah. needed it so badly he said i'm going to go ahead and pay the scalper price on ebay so you just kind of look at it and say well you can get a whole computer for what you paid for that graphics mm-hmm. card so. right but and I mean, you. So you, I remember you had a discussion with him where you kind of you know, brought it all out in the open, and I don't know if he changed his mind or not. But <laughs> uh, well, you went ahead and bought the uh, 3080 Ti or whatever it was, and you know, he paid two and a half times the value. So I guess he just doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's gonna make damn sure that his machine's ready to uh, to hum. <laughs> I try to tell him though, you could actually buy a brand new computer. That would have had a lot of those parts in it for less than he paid for the one graphics card because usually companies like dell and things like that they buy them in bulk so mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about the markup they'll say we got a whole warehouse full of these parts so just buy our pre-built computer and you're ready to go so right mm-hmm. well i mean if you're dell or hp or lenovo or something you want to you're wanting to bundle these systems with those specs 
um, to prevent people from going out and Frankensteining together their machines. You know, well, you know, I remember years ago because you know I've done stuff in the gaming industry, and it was explained to me that actually the the guy or whoever it walks in the Best Buy and purchases a video game or a computer, that's not actually the customer. The customer is a company that built that computer. Like so, you know, like a company like. Intel wants to sell all these chips to Dell, and that's the real customer. Then you you buying the computer, you're not really the customer; you're just the end user. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Then, um, corporate types always bring a different perspective to these things. Or they or they would say Best Buy was a customer actually, because Best Buy buys all these stuff and then sells it to you. So they don't really care about you; mm-hmm. they care about making sure Best Buy gets that contract. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Lovely, because I always kind of suspected that. Yep. that the uh salespeople didn't really care <laughs> well yeah because if you think about it i mean you go in the best buy and they'll have all these playstations or whatever i mean because best buy is buying that from sony and then they're selling it to you but if they lose your personal sale they don't care i mean they, they'd really worry about losing the contract with best buy so yeah and occasionally that shows yeah. all right well um so jessica you're uh we should say that you're a uh, native new yorker right well, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, just just outside of New York City, though. My dad used to, because he used to go and he, you know, he'd get on the bus and the train, just go into New York City every day. But we, we he didn't want to live in New York, so we lived in a you know, nice town uh, outside of it. But he could just, you know, walk down the train station and get in. And, and uh, he worked actually in the World Trade Center. So, oh, so wow. he is lucky he retired in the year two thousand. That was it for him. So like right before nine eleven. But you know, he used to work there doing all the. Uh, installs for like the fiber optics and the phone systems and all of that kind of stuff because wow. he worked he worked for at&t so <laughs> wow mm. i did not know that yeah i mean we're going to touch on some things today that you and i really we not talked about, ask you about that. But, yeah yeah it's interesting because he because he worked for at&t and then another company called lucent technologies i guess later on too but you know, they that. basically had they had an office like in the world trade center because you know basically that'd be their office and they said all these people that do this you know the hundred-story building here, so we support the whole building. So that's just where the office is. You don't have to travel to the customer. You just set up a shop right there. So right. So were you in New York when nine one one happened? No, we we moved uh, in the Germany? summer of two thousand. So like right, about a year before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you watched that like the rest of us. Um... Yeah, watched on TV because I remember I was you know in high school. I mean, I was about done with high school around that time. But yeah, I mean, that, you know, they just you know everyone just turned it right on TV. So no, you know, forget this chemistry class. You know, let's look at this. So. Yeah. Well, that must have brought a a real uh, uh, visceral experience to your dad since he knew the building, you know, from inside out like that. I mean, that must have been, you know, especially poignant for him. Yeah, and I think he was lucky that most of the people he knew had either retired or weren't working that day. So it was very mm-hmm. surprising. So he didn't know anyone, I think, that was actually killed him. But, yeah, it was just shocking that wow. he was there you know, a year before. So mm-hmm. so um, when you moved, did you, you move to down south, I guess? Yeah. Uh, let's see. My, my mom's parents, who are still alive, they're in their 90s now. But they had originally lived in New Orleans, and they had property on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, because they used to like to come over on the weekends to a, a little town called Diamond Head, because it's kind of a golf course community. My grandfather likes playing golf, so they had a condo there. So my parents said, well, that's a nice place, and we'll move there, because they'd be closer to her parents. And then they ended up moving to Diamond Head now, so they all kind of live in the same area. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's cool, Mississippi. That's, um, I, I know that you had uh, some cicadas there, right? Or yeah that. yeah and, and uh well the other thing too was um you know we get a lot of hurricanes there so it's kind of, it kind of unfortunate you know, Katrina did come through and 
damaged a lot of stuff but I think my parents were very lucky with that so yeah. they didn't get because they, they, they were on the other side of interstate 10 and it seemed like all the floods was pretty much wiped everything out you know south of I-10 so right so yeah. kind of the closer to the ocean area. well yeah that's right yeah I mean I, I think it was something like what 35 foot storm surge I think they were just above that point yeah. of sea level so it didn't quite reach them so <laughs> so, so Katrina I remember um that was just such a devastating event that I can't remember anything um, like it before that. I and mean, I know it happened, you know, but that well, wasn't there Betsy. And then there was Camille. Those are two big ones, you know, up in the sixties, I guess, or so, you know, I think was it Camille 69 or so that was supposed to be a pretty big one. So, yeah, but I guess maybe the media coverage though was just so incredible. And then uh, there was a lot of fallout afterwards, right. From, uh, from uh, people that felt like the government you know, the really president wasn't... didn't care about black people. And yeah. well, there was that. And then they said, well, the Corps of engineers kind of skimped on some of the safety checks on the levee because they never thought it'd be a problem. And then there was, you know, all the debates about, well, you should have told everyone to evacuate, but they didn't want to scare everyone, you know, and, and tell you to leave. And it was nothing. So they, they kind of, you know, there's all, all these issues, I guess they never expected. So, right. Mm. Yeah, that was that was a unique time. I remember, and I remember there was a uh, uh, chair, you know, like um, marathons afterwards, raising money. You know, and celebrities were bonding behind that type of stuff. But um, so one of the things we wanted to bring you on today to talk about is the fact that you are a non-binary um, person, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a, a male to female transgender. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Although uh, I wouldn't say non-binary because then that 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 usually would be someone that says, uh, you know, they see themselves as male one day or or the next day they might see themselves as more feminine or or maybe mm-hmm. neither. Because there are people that are like that they just say they were gender neutral or something right. and, and yeah. don't don't really have a preference. And it depends on their mood. And I know a couple people like that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mentioned I've you. I've known did. people like that. I was bound to make some mistakes with the terminology and stuff like that. And it's probably good that I do because it gives you an opportunity to, to clarify. Educate. Well, I guess there's also gender fluid, which I guess, I guess not non-binary, I guess would be the person that is kind of in the middle. And then you've got gender fluid and that'd be more the person that I guess would say, Oh, today I'm feeling more feminine. I'll dress up that way. And then the other day they, you know, feel like they're more like a man. So. Right. Hmm. So, I mean, did this start, um, at an early age or I mean, did the feelings that you started having about this start early well age? it's it's uh it's always hard to go back and look at that stuff but I guess I guess I would say yeah prob- probably uh going back to maybe early elementary school like you know six seven or eight or something like mm-hmm. that I mean I always felt like you know I, I, I mean I, I did you know spend, hang out with boys and do boy things you know pl- play outside play video games all that kind of stuff but it always felt like I had a better connection though with the girls that like whereas the other boys you know would have said they didn't want to play with the girls, <laughs> you know, I would have been the one that would have played with them anyway, you know, play, you know, play, you know, do tea parties, play with dolls, whatever they wanted to do. It didn't mm-hmm. bother me either. So, and I felt like I had a better friendship with them probably right. than the boys, you know, like not, not there was anything wrong with them, but you know, I, I feel like I would connect better with the, you know, the, the other girls in the you know school or summer camp or mm-hmm. whatever it was. So That's interesting. You said, because I remember in my, uh, when I was a kid, there was a line on the playground and the boy was not to cross that line to go on the girl's side of the playground and vice versa. But if a boy went on there, crossed the line, they would put a dress on him. What? 
Well, yeah. see, see, that seems wrong to me, but yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, Norwood, yeah. Ohio. So just scrubbing the kids' mouth right. out with soap, mm-hmm. but I had that done to me too. <laughs> yeah, I was sick for two days. That was the last time my mom did that. Yeah. But I'm well, always... I, don't, I don't remember anything like that. Ever. I mean, because this would have been the late '80s, early '90s. And I don't remember so that. You're really a little younger than us. Being right. a problem back then, so <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm always astounded by the um, the things that, that that I became accustomed to as a kid that would that are viewed as you know completely you know un- it wouldn't even acceptable now yeah Start, you know, well i mean and there's things i'll tell people that you know i guess you know you're looking at someone in their early 20s and they would be shocked say, oh i can't believe right. that you know so your parents let you do that right what you basically disappeared from like breakfast until the street lights went out <laughs> your parents didn't know where you were nope but for Plus, instance, I mean, like, that's true, too. You know, in the 80s and 90s, even that would, would have been a case. I mean, you know, if you said, I'm going to go out, walk down to my friend's house, it could be a mile away. They'd say, okay, you know, mm-hmm. be back by six or something. So, right. yeah, yeah. Like nobody cool. thought about, oh, well, you know, there's all these creepers out here and, you know, be careful. You know, they might have told you, I'll well, be careful who you talk to and all that, but they didn't really like feel like they had to follow you behind in a car and all this other stuff like they would now, probably. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of also depends on where, um, where you were you know, where you were, I think, cause, um, you're what in your mid thirties, 30. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm 36. So I'll be 37. Okay. In so you're about the same age as my nephew, Brandon or Bradley rather. Um, and, uh, and his parents were way more aware, but then his mother grew up in New York city. Uh, well, Long Island, uh, Lake Ronkonkoma, Long Island. um i can't not say it the way she does um it's just i don't know why that's precious but yeah but they were very much more aware of that kind of thing and my mother was more aware of it because of something that happened to a friend of hers um as far as like one of their children somebody tried to kidnap uh, a friend's daughter and that really freaked my mother out but we still you know, we'd have to check in more than the other kids on the street, but still we would be out there for hours at a time. She would have no idea where we were exactly. She just knew we were in the neighborhood. Um, and if she couldn't find us, we were in trouble. There's that. And the other kids, if their parents couldn't find them right away, eh, you know, they'll come back. Well, I mean, I mean, I remember doing things like we'd go to Six Flags or someplace then you'd never dream today of just letting, a, you know, someone that's like 10 or 12 just run off and go ride whatever they want. But my parents would say, whatever, if you want to just be back by this food court, you know, at four o'clock or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Here's some they, they wouldn't have thought, they wouldn't have thought, oh, well, there's going to be some weird guy that's going to talk to you yeah. and, you know, get you to do like it. I guess they weren't yeah. too concerned about it. They, they would say, well, it's a public place and just you know stay in stay in visual range of other people and probably you'll be all right because no one will try anything right well yeah and and when we went to places like that we were paired so our parents were at least you know and this was uh back in the the 70s because I was I went I started high school in 1980 so you know my childhood was the 70s and um no I did not manage to uh find you know i was not available for the free love era (laughs) darn it um but yeah i um my my parents were more aware than others um when the smaller children went to the little kids play area um we had babysitting duty the older kids did so there was a kid 
you know, one of us was assigned to be in the children's play area and it was completely fenced off at the amusement park where we normally went. And so the kids could run around and play and we would just be there like maybe 11, 12, 13 year olds. Um, and we had to spend at least an hour babysitting each of us. And then also we weren't allowed to wander off alone. You had to partner up with one of the other kids. And it was three families and there were, uh, you know, my brother and I, my older brother didn't always come. Um, he was five years older than me. So you're going to trust yeah. another kid to hang with another, <laughs> to watch another kid. Well, it's not that we're watching another kid. I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't let the, they knew which kids were responsible enough to watch the small. Oh, yeah, but, but I mean, the point is it's just a, a more open time yeah. where people were, you know, less, you know, thinking right, about right. Um, well, and it was a partner situation, like, just like if you were to go out in the woods, you would take a partner. Yeah. You don't want to go off hiking alone like some people we know do. Yeah. Because what happens if we're smoking a joint, fall off a cliff? I think Aaron knows who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind I of wandered about him. We've kind of wandered off on the woods yes. here for a little okay. bit. But just you a talked you literally talked, the woods. Yeah, right. <laughs> But well, Jesse California. talked about, uh, you mm -hmm. know, this was like pre-adolescence. You started to have these uh, these feelings. And um, so I wonder, um, when did you start opening up to people and talking about it? Uh, well, I think I think it became more serious probably by the time I was about 12. Mm -hmm. I've, I've told you, you know, just I guess just that, that time of, you know, g going into it, maturing and other things. And you start really thinking about this stuff more and. You know, I'd start, you know, when you have fantasies of whatever kind, but you might start thinking like, oh, well, maybe you're thinking about them more as yourself as a girl instead, stuff like that. And it, mm -hmm. it kind of resonates with you after a while. Like you think about it, it's like, huh, yeah. you know, like it's not really just a fantasy, like maybe there's more to it. You yeah. know, so, so I remember like when I was about 14 or so, I, I talked to my mom about that stuff, you know, and she, and she listened to it all. And then she, but she kind of did that kind of classic, oh, well, you know, it might just be a phase and, and don't worry about it. You know, that, that kind of thing. Like, you know, she not, not really dismissive, but basically saying don't obsess over it. And, you know, it's, it's probably not that important. And, you know, just, just don't think about that kind of stuff, you know, really. So I kind of tried that, I guess, but it never really went away. So that, that's the thing. You know, someone might tell you that, but you know, that wasn't the case though. And I would still think about it a lot anyway. So it really took going off to college, I guess, you know, I was 18. And uh, when I went to college, you know, I got, you know, I met some people and they were involved in the, you know, the LGBTQ uh, mm -hmm. organization on campus. And so I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go by and, and, you know, mainly to support them really, because they said, oh, would, you, would you mind coming to this meeting? I said, that's fine. You know, so I, I went yeah. and, you know, and then, then, you know, started meeting some people there, you know, there, there was a couple transgender girls there, you know, and I talked to them mm -hmm. about, you know, about their thoughts. And I said, huh, well, you know, th this is really interesting because I never, considered it because the internet was really kind of new back then anyway right. when I went off to college so it's not like you'd sit there and type in all this stuff like you would today and find a million articles about it you know so mm -hmm. so talking to these people made a big difference then. and you, you know I would you listen to their story and so that's that's a lot of the thoughts I had mm -hmm. you know years ago and mm -hmm. you know so that so then from there you know I started I said well, I'm gonna go talk to some therapists and talk to psychiatrists and eventually you know, go, go talk to an endocrinologist and they said, well, this is what you'd have to do to do all this stuff. So, yeah. so, you know, so that's about when I started all that, I guess around 18 or 19, really. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so you're getting support from people at college and um, you're um, feeling more confident in, in, in your sexuality and, and you're looking, you're looking into it uh, from an, an analytical way. You're seeing um, 
sensible. You know, counselors. And, yeah, uh, I mean, and the whole point of that, and see, a lot of these things would be eased up a bit. I guess it depends on what state you live in, too. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, back then when it was, this is all kind of new. I mean, it, it basically required you had to go talk to a therapist or a psychiatrist or somebody that was licensed and talk about all this stuff. And they, they had to go through all this stuff with you. And you had to have, mm-hmm. I think it was like four months of counseling. But basically, and after all of that, and if this guy or whoever said, yes, this person needs to undergo gender reassignment. Mm-hmm. Then they would write a thing, and then, then you'd go off to the endocrinologist and do what you need to do. But that was required, though. If you didn't have that step, usually the endocrinologist said, I can't, can't see you because we don't want to do this. And, you know, you're not of sound mind or something, you, and you highly regret it later. So. Mm-hmm. Right. so they wanted to make sure you went through all this and you understood everything before they started this. Because, because I think there were cases where people went through these things. And it turned out they were bipolar or had some other issue. And then they really regretted it and it was too late to go back. So, Well, that's interesting. I, I certainly never knew all, you know, all of that went into it. It makes sense. But, you know, knowing yeah, because, you. Because if, if you were schizophrenic or had some other underlying problem that surely this person would have diagnosed and they mm-hmm. didn't because you never went through that, then, you know, that you might go through this, go through all the hormones, all this stuff. And then later say, well, hey, you know, now that I'm got treated for this other issue i really wish i hadn't done all that right. and then they're going to say well that's kind of too bad so <laughs> but yep. i guess would a doctor be, leave himself open to a malpractice suit maybe or something well not, possibly but so i think that's why they went through all this stuff because they, they wanted to make sure that you were of sound mind you knew all this stuff you knew mm-hmm. it involved and and at that point you know you made the choice to move forward so mm. yeah. now uh did insurance cover much of this or they did. They did because at that because once you had a diagnosis as having gender dysphoria, which I think that's one of the things that's changed now. But back then, mm-hmm. that was a term they used, and they said, "Well, that's a medical condition, so we will treat that okay. because they they considered it a treatment then." All right. Well, hey. Yeah, now now I think it's a bit. Now I think it's a bit dicier uh, in some ways, and yeah. also easier in others because now I don't think you have to go through all of that stuff. But there might be just a lot of paperwork to sign. But then right. again, maybe they won't cover it under your insurance so well, yeah the, the right. insurance companies are fighting tooth and nail on with you on everything so they're going to oh, question yeah, everything they're going to want not want to cover anything mm-hmm. um so i can see what yeah quite different today i'm sure than back uh, yeah. yeah well you know pr- prior to trump ever being president and all these things kind of went south but there, there was a time where the army or the navy or whatever you were in would have also had to pay for all these things if you were there and then you said well i'm dealing with these problems and there was people mm-hmm. that transitioned even under the army with them paying 100% of the bill. So, mm. so, so where does, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, don't tell. Don't ask. Don't, 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 don't ask. ask don't, don't tell. Come in on that one. Well, when I joined uh, the army, see, I joined the army national guard, I guess, right, right, right after graduate school, basically, like, you know, I got a master's in international security. Essentially it's kind of mm-hmm. like a political science and history oh. hybrid. And then, then I went in, because I wanted to do intelligence work. So, you know, I went through OCS and uh, got commissioned actually as a first lieutenant. So I got to skip second lieutenant because I had a master's degree. Mm -hmm. So I did all that stuff. And back then there was no guidance on it. They didn't care because there wasn't anything that said yes or no to transgender service. Like it wasn't even a topic. Ah. So they just said, okay, well, how do you identify? That's good. Let's just sign you up and move on. So, Mm -hmm. and now though, that's not true because Trump walked all that stuff back. So... Yeah, you, know, well, he, you know, they put in regulations. And said, I think it said if you were already in, I guess you could stay in, but pretty much, you know, no, no new people could join and all that other stuff. So mm-hmm. back when I joined, it was easy. In fact, I knew people that even transitioned and got the army to pay for the whole thing. So. Yeah. Okay. 
That's interesting. Um, and I thought my nephew got a good deal with college. <laughs> did uh, I think that, But on the other hand, I think that's what kind of makes made the army leery later was they say, well, how do I know that you didn't join? And, <laughs> yes. you know, you wanted us to pay the whole thing, basically. And you just say, yeah, sure, I'll serve for two years or something. <laughs> did your parents come to uh, or are they supportive as well? I mean, I know you got support from um, some friends. friends and but yeah, my parents are okay with him. I mean, my dad was a little bit unsure about it at first, but I mean, he mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, he, he got over and said no problem. And, you know, that, that was fine. And then surprisingly, my grandparents are probably, you know, way more supportive even than he, he has been because I, I've noticed that the older you get some ways, you kind of reach a point where you just don't care anymore. Like, that's kind of how my grandmother yeah. was. She said, do what do you want? You know, life's too short. I'm 90 years old. Well, I don't, I don't care what you do. So yeah. Yeah. It's, hey, it's not my kid. It's my grandkid. That's your job. <laughs> Well, I just noticed that they've gotten very liberal, and maybe when they were younger, mm-hmm. like fifty or something, they might have been a bit more conservative. But now they're in their you know, eighty, or they're in their nineties now. But even back then, they would have been in their seventies, early eighties. But like that, you know, they, back then they didn't care. They said whatever. You know. Right. But life's too short to worry about those sorts of things. So. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that in people. It's almost like uh, the the wealth of experience they've had brings a different perspective and a more. Um, more uh, tranquility as they get older i think that's true because by the time you get older you've you've witnessed all these things you've you know you've seen all this stuff you've realized that Mm -hmm. you know maybe it didn't matter as much as someone told you it did 70 years ago right right you might have seen riots you might have seen extreme violence come up come out of uh things that that really Mm -hmm. didn't deserve as that much controversy you know you've seen things that people died you know that, that for things that you know not worth dying for so well, and, and and also, straight, huh? he wants to be a girl he's not in the tower he's not shooting anybody i'm good <laughs> well one of the, i mean one of the things too is like if you went back to the army and you know, if some people say well they thought the army was super conservative and all this other mm-hmm. stuff and what i noticed is actually since you're serving with these people and you're you know, fighting and even dying together. A lot of these people set aside all these differences and say, I don't give a shit if this guy is gay or whatever the case is. They don't care because they say, you know, this person's a part of my unit, you know, and he's the, you know, we need him and, you know, we really care about him. So a lot of these people, they're they're fine with all that stuff, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's take a little pause for the cause here and do a a commercial break and we'll Mm -hmm. be right back. Okay. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for coming back to Yeah Aha. We're talking to Jessica. So, Jessica, um, so I wanted to kind of get your point of view on uh, some of the things that uh, are newsworthy in the LGBTQT um, arena. <laughs> no, it's just funny. He's looking over to make sure he gets all the initials. <laughs> um, it's cute. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when um, there are a number of cases that are high, high profile cases of young people that pre adolescent people, and one of them, and a lot of times these are celebrities, which you know, um, not necessarily gains the sympathy After of the everyone, fact, if, <laughs> if, if for no other reason. But uh, Lisa, why don't you talk about Jazz Jennings? Jazz Jennings, um, not her real name. They changed it. Not so much for anonymity and privacy, but because apparently it's a very weird Jewish name and no one else can say it. So they just went with something simple for the TV show. But she was five when she was diagnosed as gender dysphoric, and she was seven when she became known nationally. And there's been a TV show that's kind of followed her her journey. And uh, where are you on on 
you know, what do you think? Is that like the best thing? Do you, if your child were to come forth, um, I know you do have a daughter. Um, if she were to come forth as dysphoric, I mean, where would you be on being that young? I mean, I think I'd be supportive of it. And I'd say, however you want to identify is Mm -hmm. fine. But I think at that young age, I would really try hard not to influence anything. And I would let them choose how they want to be because I'd feel like it's so impressionable of an age. Right. I would feel like it really needs to be up to them how they how they identify. And, and, you know, I would want I'd basically want no part in actually influencing that. I'd say, you know, they can express how they want to. And that's good. But they need to be, you know, but they need to consider it and make sure that's what they want to do, though. Right. Yeah. Now, I did kind of watch a little bit of the show. I followed it just a bit um, at the time, not like obsessively or anything. I didn't see every episode. But one of the things that was interesting to me was um, the controversy of people who it was really kind of none of their business, but they were very judgmental as far as the parents being open to jazz, having um, the hormonal treatment at an early age to offset puberty so that she would not transition into male as a teenager and that she would just go straight over to female. Yeah, and that's, that'd be harder in some ways because I, I feel like they need to be of an age of reason, I guess, where I feel like they, 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 you know, the, the child is 100% certain that that is what they want. So that, yeah. that's where we'd go back to the psychiatrist and all these other mm-hmm. things. You know, if they, everyone agrees on it, then I guess it's okay. Because um, yeah. technically, it's, it's going to be a lot easier to transition if you do it before you hit puberty because then that stops any sort of male changes in your body. So, so there is a benefit, but then I, I'd still want to make sure that person was a completely aware of that though, because that is a very young age. So. Right. Yeah. That there is some cases I think are going to be more cut and dry than others. And some people say, yep, that, you know, this person is definitely a girl. They, you know, they, this is really how they identify and everything they do mm-hmm. really screams that. And in other cases, you'd wonder if it's a phase of some kind and that that'd be the case yeah. you'd want to be a bit more careful about. So. So as an adult and a parent, are you more, forgiving of your mother's it's just a phase right? I, mean, I, I guess i mean i can understand especially since that you know would have been the you know 90s <laughs> that, that she would have said right, well right, you know yeah. she, there wasn't anything to base these thoughts on she probably didn't know anyone that went through any of that and i don't think she had a problem with it but she you know she just didn't know right. what else to really think so i think i'd be a bit more forgiving of that yeah, yeah. i don't know what to do <laughs> it's like um hmm. well yeah i mean yeah. you gotta make sure the person is even at that age, you have to determine or project yeah. that they're going to, that they have peace of mind about the decision when. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's where the concern I would have would be. I'd, I'd want to make sure they were completely aware of this before you did something irreversible, like started all these hormones. So I'd say, man, make sure that is yeah. what you want to do. So. Right. Well, yeah. And then you've got the, uh, like my one friend, um, she had, uh, she had two teenage boys at the same time. One was 15, one was 13. The 15 year old, um, quite frankly, I don't think she'd let him take the bus by himself, but the 12 year old, or I mean the 13 year old, um, she let him ride the bus, run the house, watch the other, watch his two younger siblings. And it was just about, it wasn't that she didn't trust the older boy. It's just that he wasn't as mature. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be true too. I mean, I know yeah. people that are 50 years old that aren't mature. So. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, we talked about hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's, a, there's another, uh, step there's a gender, gender reassignment, uh, a surgery. <clears throat> yeah. And that's, that's the one that's going to be a bit dicier because that that's really hard to undo if you ever do that. I mean, mm-hmm. even though hormones is difficult, you'd have to go 
and reverse everything. And even then it's hit or miss. But yeah, once you get that surgery, though, yeah. uh, it's, it could be reversed, but I don't think it'll ever be the same. And it would be very expensive right. to go back and try to redo it. So. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, then there's a lot of risk to me. Even today in 2021, you know, a lot of doctors would tell you if you got this surgery, there's a very high chance you're never going to be able to fully orgasm from it. You know, it's not, not, not like a, it's not a huge chance, right. but it's certainly not a zero chance because they'd say, you know, they, the best surgeon in the world could do this and but they can't it's really very difficult for you to ever achieve an orgasm. So it really depends on whether having, you know, a penis or a, you know, pussy or whatever matters that much to you. You know, you'd really want to think that through before you got that surgery. Right. I mean, <laughs> you talk about cause, cosmetic surgery i mean uh, i mean that's something that goes beyond i mean that's not cosmetic surgery. that's that's a no, that's, that's a well, very um yeah that's going beyond <laughs> but but even with like um and they have made progress but even with breast surgery um there's no guarantee that your nipple is going to work the same after the surgery um i have a cousin well my cousin's uh ex-fiance she had hers reduced and um one of her nipples did function and the other did not so and and really the doctor was like well you're lucky yeah 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 i mean so anything that's going to play with an erogenous zone or something like that you know for yeah. a surgery I mean, they're going to really warn you you know there's a chance that once we do this you know these nerve endings all these other things mm-hmm. are not going to be the same yeah, so I mean, I understand I, that before you get this surgery and you, you're sad about it later because they're going to tell yeah. you, you know, I told you all this. So. Yeah, I have nerve damage in my leg from an accident when I was a child. And I, to this day, can't feel part of my right leg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think, um, I think Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner went through that, right? I'm not sure. She's, I'm not sure if she's ever answered. I don't care for her politics. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I've never really followed her much. I mean, we did watch uh, that show, you know, <laughs> that just vapid a, program. <laughs> yes. Uh, with, uh, you know, with a, a an eyes wide open kind of like really yeah. kind of a, a thing. Um, it was actually, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I try not. I mean, it's a it, it's a touchy subject, but for some people, and I was talking to a friend of mine about this recently. Is he said, well, mm-hmm. you know, he looks at a lot of the stuff in the community, and he said, well, some of this stuff is a trend, and he can't yeah. help but wonder if some people jump on board these trends, you know. And he said, oh, it kind of undermines mm-hmm. the community, in his opinion, because someone hides behind, uh, you know, different labels and stuff that actually they don't really ascribe to, but they do it because mm-hmm. oh, it's trendy right now to say, oh, I'm gender fluid or something like yeah. that yeah. You know? and he said oh that's and, and not that he wants to call them in a question he, but he just said that he, he sees it happening enough and people use it as excuses for some of their behavior and whatever and, and he says oh well it kind of undermines what other people really have striven to, to do because mm-hmm. this other person is just jumping on board a hype train essentially yeah that's an excellent yeah. point excellent point yeah we were uh we watched a movie as i don't know last night called geography club as um i guess a little bit of research because it recommended that you know for more knowledge we are in the midwest in ohio and um it takes longer for information to get to cincinnati for some reason uh, as uh, as a uh, what was it mark twain uh, yes as yeah. mark twain said at the end of the world he wants to be in cincinnati because he'll get an extra 10 years <laughs> Yeah. it takes everything forever to get here right um and and really there are a lot of trends that didn't come to cincinnati 
that were very popular, you know, in other places that I've even recognized uh, growing up. But, um, but yeah, so we watched this movie called Geography Club. And one of the funny things is Alex Newell, who I think is just amazing. He's on uh, Zoe's Infinite Playlist. Um, and, uh, or she uh, is on, I'm not exactly sure how he, she um, identifies, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things uh, that uh, he kept doing in the movie was he kept saying, well, you know, I'm 80-20 or I'm 50-50. And then finally at the end, he says, you know, I'm just 100%. And they're like, yeah, uh-huh, we know. We already knew that. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, what, what, 100% what? What was he saying? He's okay. 100%. Okay. He kept saying he was not all the way gay and yeah yeah, more well, yeah it's weird. It. I, I don't think i've ever yeah. met anyone that's 100 percent gay because I, I knew i know someone that it's funny because she would tell you she's about 99 percent lesbian she said like, like she would mm-hmm. really prefer women all the time but she did marry a guy and has children with him and she said oh this is like the one guy that she right. said that we shared a connection that superseded any of her gender preferences so, <laughs> so that's a real strong one yeah. percent right there. yeah because she said like, did, yeah. like this guy connected with her on so many different levels that even though she would prefer sexually probably to be with a woman she really liked him and said well you know i can set that aside and, and that's fine because for him like it, it really worked and it was like the but until she married him she would have never believed that was possible though so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um so you know you're you're our only transgender friend I, I, you know i don't mind telling you and um, um we love you we think you're fantastic um uh, just as a person. Just uh, as a person. I, I got to say, the reason we've never really talked about these things, we always talk about all kinds, all kinds of different yeah. topics. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, Jessica's very uh, organized in her thinking, very sharp, and has a lot of wealth of knowledge and stuff like that. Well, I try, though. I always worry I ramble on about topics. So. <laughs> yeah, we all do a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I, wonder, I want to go back to, so all our experiences through these celebrities you know mm-hmm. what we read on the internet what we mm-hmm. you know you know what, what filters page through you know is a particular yeah ellen page is, her yeah. name is she's trans or he's transitioned transitioned and now it's elliot page right? i remember seeing i guess it was, i don't know a few weeks ago but there's some picture of you know him or whatever in a swimsuit you know saying oh this is my first you know board shorts or whatever you know like and yeah. everybody was, i seem like he's very proud of it that's that's good so yeah. great and um Laverne Cox. Um, so, mm-hmm. do you take? Do you have any? Uh, I don't know. Mentors or people or people, celebrities or otherwise that, that you looked up to. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess not necessarily in the in the community because I, I, I don't know. I guess I've always just been my own person. So I look at these celebrities and say, "Oh, it's great," and I see see all the things they're doing. But usually, I guess I just I've kind of just always been my own person in that way. I try not to let other people's experiences influence me too much. So. Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I know other like, people would would you know gra- you know grasp on to someone like Ellen or whoever and say oh you know that's my icon and all that and you know I like people mm-hmm. like that I guess but you know I just don't I guess I've always just trying to do my own thing and have my own opinions and and not get let someone else's worldview necessarily influence mine too much so right so I mean when it you you speak about Ellen and uh, for me with Ellen um, there's that movie The Face in the Crowd starring Andy Griffith. Right. And basically, he 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 presents himself in this one way, and it's completely different from how he really is. 
and eventually someone kind of outs him. Yeah, because he's a real bastard, really. Yeah, he's just a jerk. He doesn't respect his audience, even though he, he does all this homespun sweetness. And it's a black and white movie. It's older. Andy Griffith isn't, uh, it's before the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, but it's I really good Andy because Griffith. you it's see the light movie. and the dark. You can see this. Yeah. On one hand, he's really Andy Griffith, you uh-huh. know. Uh, yeah, he's got this sweet homespun guy. And on the other hand, I mean, he's, just jerk. <laughs> he's a real asshole. He's just like, I mean, aren't there a lot of people that are like that? They, you know, mm-hmm. news anchors and other things that, you know, they say mm-hmm. once this camera cuts away, it's like, God fucking damn this thing. And like, you find they're really a nasty person, really. But when they're on the camera, you know, they're so nice and welcoming and sweet yeah. and all that right. other stuff. All <laughs> shucks. Because they're just I, playing a character in a way that, you know, that's a character. They're just acting, I guess. They say, oh, that's what you want to see. And that's what ratings you know, come from, so sure, I'll play that right. part. <laughs> yeah. So what- yeah, and I know right now there's like, uh, I know like the last year or so, the, they, they're saying that the Ellen show was canceled because she went into rehab and everybody wants to say Jimmy Hap Fallon is kind of a jerk and he's this like raging alcoholic and um, he does seem drunk most of the time. So. <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's not just his personality. Well, I wouldn't want to be judged on my worst right. day. Exactly. We have a neighbor down the street. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. that brings out the worst in me. Yes. And I would not want to be judged on no the way that I've talked guy. to him. Um, but he, he, what it is, is he, he's a habitual creeper. He'll come up okay. on your property <laughs> and sit on your deck. And when my mm-hmm. mom was alive, he'd come up and sit next to her. And, uh, you know, like, uh, so I'll just tell you the other day he came up and I tell him in no uncertain terms to get up, to get lost, you know, but I think mm-hmm. he, the other day he showed up with a catalog, a gun catalog and pointed at a rifle. You know, I'm, I'm like painting my steps and I turn around. He's like right in my face with this catalog pointing at a rifle, you know, I'm like, what did he, what did he say about it? That well, he, I mean, it, to me, the, to me, the uh, implication was no, not he doesn't actually necessarily even say anything. Yeah. But yeah. he's been um it, we we we're on this uh site called Next Door. Yeah. So it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on in the neighborhood, you know, break-ins. Uh there's positive stuff too, but most of it's missing pets and break-ins. Right. And yeah, it sounds like uh, a neighborhood watch kind of thing, keeping an right, eye on stuff. But it's online. <laughs> yeah. And um it's it's across the nation. You can get it too. I, I don't know. We may have talked about it. I don't know. But um, you and I don't talk as much as you and Philip do. But um, what is it? Um, So it's called Next Door. And one of the things that they talked about on Next Door was this lady was complaining about the fact that her daughter, it was winter. Her daughter was letting her car warm up. She was sitting in the car and he gets in the car with her. Yeah. It's just totally inappropriate. And he spent a little time one year uh, trying to start snowball fights unexpected surprise snowball fights with the p- local police and so i mean the point is he's yeah. he's got he's got he's, he's got issues he's troubled right and yes. but i haven't been i i started out being nice to him mm-hmm. but i saw very quickly that by doing that he takes that as an invitation to, to come into your life so invasive. i've not been nice to him recently you know? I wonder if he's one of these people that, that no matter what you did, he'd be creepy. Like wh- whether you were nice yeah. and that invited him or you said, Hey, fuck off. You know, then he'd get off on this weird rivalry he had. So no matter but, what you did, he might still do it right. anyway. So. But, but what <laughs> exactly. I'm getting at is I, I would not want to be judged by the person that I am to him when I'm frustrated with him. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, like Alan, well, everyone, everyone has someone that brings out a bad side of them. You'd say, you know, please don't judge me on this one interaction I have with this one guy who, 
you don't know the history of, but he's a really oh, terrible hey. person. So yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah. yeah that, that whole situation frazzled me this week but, yeah. um, well, like with ellen though i don't know a lot of people <clears throat> came out and said bad things about her so i guess that that's one thing but then then the cases where only one person ever says something then i then i can't help but wonder well maybe exactly. maybe you're just the one person that they don't get along with for some reason <laughs> yeah. yeah well there's the me too moment and then there's the, the thing where she really seems to enjoy scaring the bejesus out of people Oh yeah, and that's, my, yeah. Speaking of my mom, she'd watch that show, game show that Ellen had. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ellen watch show, the game show, show of games because she yeah. likes the little boy girl. No, but, but <laughs> she she, she couldn't stand how nasty she was to those people. She was like, oh, yeah, look how she so would laugh. She laughed yeah. like the devil whenever something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she picked up on it. But she loved Ellen's show. Yeah. The Ellen show. She. You know, and of course, every time she watched it, she had Alzheimer's. Every time we were watching that, it's like, I just can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's kind of both, Mom. Let's go with that. <laughs> so here, here's a term that you, you've used, and I had never heard it before until you mm-hmm. brought it up. Sex positive. What, what do you mean by sex positive? Uh, would mean some, someone that's very, would promote it, say it's a very healthy thing, don't feel shame about being a sexual person because you know there's a lot of people you know that feel like if a woman particularly is sexually active they say well she's a slut you know or something like that and they would say don't think don't think that because you know that that's not true at all and you should own your sexuality and be the person you are you know that that's what a sex positive person would tell you because there's too many people that are closeted you know whether it comes to specific fantasies or kinks or you know, anything else and they would say well that that's not the way to live your life like don't don't do that and deny yourself these things you know, be a positive person about it mm-hmm. yeah because that's how somebody ends up in a tower with a shotgun well yeah because oh. i mean and yeah. regardless of what it is i mean you know if you start repressing stuff far enough mm-hmm. and it starts causing all these issues about these things that you're not able to vent about or do something with so yeah i mean i think that's that's definitely true yeah yeah I mean, on a t- totally different level, I mean, I remember, you know, the, the author, you know, that wrote the Conan the Barbarian, you know, books, you know, which are pretty brutal. But like, yeah. I remember reading something about this, you know, he's actually a guy that if you had talked to back then, you might say he's probably borderline psychopath. But the books, you yeah. know, gave him a really good outlet to describe all these things he was thinking about. So if he took the, took that away from him, who knows what he might have done. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, it can be a form of catharsis, I guess, to... Uh, yeah, because it's a way for him to express himself, but if you, would, you know, if you try to cancel that and said, well, you can't write about this stuff, this is bad, you know, you tell him how bad he is, you know, then eventually, yeah, you might say, well, too bad, I'm going to start killing people then, you know, because yeah. you took away his outlet. So. Yeah, and I, and I will call out male friends for uh, sluttiness. I don't think it should be a female reference anymore. You know, if they're, well, true, if they're it's, doing it's a, something that's self-damaging. Well, I mean, it's a weird double standard because, you know, the, the mm-hmm. you know, you always think about this like high school jock or whatever, you know, and they say, oh, he's cool because he's sleeping with all these girls. But then this girl that sleeps with two or three guys, nope, you know, she's a slut. You know, it's just a, yeah. a bad double standard about that. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be two or three guys, just one guy, you know, that guy saying, yeah, I had her. Yeah. Well, that's true too, because then there's yeah. this thing about, oh, she should be a virgin or whatever. You know, so they'd say, oh, well, yeah. you know, this guy yeah. doesn't matter if he is or not, but she should, she should be, so. Right, right. exactly. Well, you know, who's supposed to sleep with all these guys that are supposed to be all experienced? Do you, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that um, um, the availability of social media, um, the ability to instantly 
um, loop people in on uh, their acts of uh, you know, bullying and uh, harassment. Do you think that is uh, has made it even more of a intact or a more difficult time for kids that have, um, uh, you know, what was it called, uh, gender? Gender dysphoria. Yeah. I think I think it could go either way because on on the other hand, social media can give you positive affirmation too. Mm-hmm. Because you'd say, Oh, you wouldn't have dreamed to share some of this stuff in your small town in, in Montana or whatever. Right. But posting this on Instagram or Twitter or whatever platform you like, but you know, then you might get a lot of people that say, Wow, you know, this is great and, and give you really good advice. I mean, of course you're gonna also open yourself up to more bullies because you're <clears throat> going on the internet, but Right. You know, I, I still say it's probably like 90 something, 95, 99% positive and 1% or so negative. It's just unfortunately that snows that 1% is really vocal, though. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of impact. I mean, that's how it is in a lot of communities. You know, you'd say if 99% of people are good, there's always one asshole. But, you know, usually that, that person can be very impactful, though. And that, that's the problem. So you can't just say, oh, well, don't worry about him because it might, it might still be a big problem for you anyway. But. Yeah. But, but I think you know, I think it's true. I think social media can be beneficial too, though, because it, a lot of people will connect with other people that have more experience and give them good advice and all this other stuff too. So, and, but a lot of the problems that that I see with the social media is when it's weaponized, especially by teenagers. Yeah, well, that's true too. Well, especially because there's one thing about words, and you could say, "Well, I can block this guy, you know, forget him." But like, mm-hmm. it, but then if it's stuff like, "Well," You know, I'm going to take screenshots of this chat we had. I'm going to take some intimate photos maybe you shared. I can't, you know, then I'm going to post that. You know, then that's when it starts really hurting people at that point. Yeah. Because it's one thing to block the guy. It's another thing. He says, well, forget you. But so now I'm going to start posting all this stuff and open for all your friends and family to see, you know, or something. Right, right. And especially for for high school and uh, and teenagers who are already in hormonal flux as it is. So, well, you, well, you hear about this happening a lot too. Like, you know, say like a gay guy or somebody's parents never knew this, and maybe he went to a party and he had a good time. Maybe months later, but someone has a picture of that, and maybe he had a falling out with that guy and says, "Well, that's too yeah, bad if yeah. I happen to post this on Facebook and tag his mom and dad and whoever else I want to, and it's going to really fuck right. with his life, you know." So, yeah. or a girl goes to a party and gets drunk and ends up, you know. Well, I think it's too bad know, because. It's too bad because the internet can be a uh, like a, a door to the world, you know. Like mm-hmm. um, I know people that are online, and it makes it doesn't make much difference because they only communicate with people um, in their you know community or in their circle. They don't communicate. Right. They go to Facebook or next door or something like that. And they never get to meet. I mean, the ability to um, reach out to someone in uh, Germany or England or you know, Peru or something mm. or Mississippi <laughs> um, <laughs> is a tremendous opportunity. It's too bad that there, you know, there's so many forces working against it, including people's mm-hmm. paranoia, actual um, cyber crimes, things like that, that kind of tie people's hands. But my thought is, you know, you, you're not going to meet great people unless you kind of Go beyond, Try to find them. Yeah, go, go beyond your skis. A well, and I, I guess I've always had a different opinion than some people have on this stuff, because I know some people say when they go online, you know, they're uh you know game fan 79 or whatever username and pretty much don't don't try to get to know them 
you know, they, they have a very different attitude. And I've always said, well, if I'm going to play this game or <clears throat> whatever the community is, I guess it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I've always been more open to actually getting to know the person. You know, yeah. like it's right. not just a joke, I guess. Like some people look at it as a joke and, oh, it's just a place I come and post screenshots or talk about right. some fantasy or whatever it is. But, but you know, once they log out, that's it. You know, you're never going to know that they're their real name or anything about them. Right. And I've always preferred to actually get to know them a bit and share interests because I, I think, you know, through common interests, it's how you meet people. So it doesn't matter yeah. where you met them, really, because you could say, well, I can meet them in the gym. I can meet them at a comic book store. You can meet them on this other website, but they could still be a really good friend. So Yeah, I think people yeah. are depriving themselves. A little bit. Some people are like, okay. My sister's a, a devoted listener to this podcast, and and she's, Hi, Terry. she's great. But I sent her a link in Facebook, and she wrote back, "Well, I don't, I don't click on links." this is a link for me but but it took you more time to type that you didn't click on the link than it would have just to go ahead and click it real quick and look at it (laughs) yeah but she's so she's so she don't want to pick on paranoid yeah which i guess is good internet you know and and trolls and from cybersecurity perspective that's good but that's where you want to be in it if you were an ass you'd say something like well i guess you're saying you don't trust me because i'm the one that sent you the link you know i'm not a a spammer so (laughs) well she is she is a uh, she was 14 when he was born yeah so you know she's less trusting of media um i've had to learn to be less trusting i'm kind of a trusting person yeah so um it's kind of surprising that i have not had more viral issues <laughs> when it comes to the internet well i mean a lot of people would say though just use common sense no matter how yeah. old you are i mean that depends like who, who sent right. you this link and i guess there's always well i guess with facebook or twitter or anything like that there's mm-hmm. always a risk if the account was compromised and so they're sending it yes. to you and you think it's phil and then well it's actually this chinese person that hacked his account and that's always a risk right. so. That's well, always I a risk. I just got yes. alert yesterday that someone in Alabama was trying to use my credit card. It happens. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And it'll probably happen to almost all of us. At one point. Well, yeah, they, they said, I, I remember reading one time, they said, just assume all of your information has already been hacked and on the internet somewhere. Exactly. So just, just, just understand that and assume that. And from there, you don't have to, you won't be right. as surprised when you get these alerts. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think I mean, living your life in a cocoon is an answer either. Yeah, and they, and they'd also say, you know, I guess if you reach a point where you're afraid of what this hacker sees in this uh, media fire account or whatever it is you own, then then you might just start asking yourself, well, what are you sharing on there that uh, <laughs> is yeah. so problematic? It's not even about the hacker at that point; it's about what the hell you're doing. So. Yeah, right. right. I mean, my 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 younger brother was, um, and and I I put it this way on purpose. He was the beneficiary of identity theft. Because what happened is someone stole his identity. I'm assuming that it was someone he worked with because he has worked in the construction field and he has worked with illegals. And um, someone was using his identity and they had, he was shocked and surprised one day when he found out he had halfway decent credit. Huh. Well, that's good. I guess no way. Someone else was using his social security number. But they were, but they were being good with it, I guess, setting right. up credit cards and actually paying it off on time. They, were, they were just trying to live a decent life. Yeah. Well, I really feel sorry for them because once he found out he had decent credit again, um, he decided to use it. And well, that destroyed that. Hopefully <laughs> they found someone new to get credit from. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, that's an interesting point because I, I remember 
This too is that they said off what you might call offline hacking or something identity yeah. theft is actually the, the bigger concern. You know, they say like people that you work in an office and maybe the janitor there or whatever that comes in to clean and says, oh, well, you left this password out or you left this file on the desk. Yes. You know, th that's really where the problem, you know, it doesn't matter the passwords and stuff you set. It's mm -hmm. more of like a physical security that actually matters in some yes. places. Social yeah. engineering. I understand. I live yeah. in, I work well, like, in uh, medical records. Well, like when I when I worked in the army, I mean, you know, in our armory, you know, we had very sensitive, you know, like you think of this, all this stuff is digitized and most of it was, but if you went back to like records from the eighties and seventies, we still had, you know, paper personnel files, you know, in these filing cabinets mm -hmm. and they all have social securities and all this. And, you know, you locked all that yeah. stuff up, locked the office because anyone could have, you know, if they had a key and knew what they're doing, they could have theoretically come in there and say, well, let me yeah. start jotting down birthdays and social security numbers here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and then for a while too, here, there were, um, uh, somebody had broken into the gas station, uh, the, the, the gas pumps, and oh, yeah. they had put, they had attached uh, mimickers or whatever they're called. Uh, yeah. that, they that, can read your credit card. read your credit card in the machine. And they were able to, you know, get that uh, like for a lot of people. Yeah. And at that time, I went ahead and I got a, um, a card for the gas station that Phil used the most. And, um, and I gave him that card and I have no idea if he ever used it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it always used to make me nervous too. And if you went back far enough, you had a time when you'd give someone a credit card and they'd take it into the back room and give you the carbon copy of it. So you said, oh, I wonder if they yeah. got it down your name and uh, credit card number and security code while they were back there. <laughs> well, well, sure. and every sure time I order out, they ask me for the CVV code on the back of my card. And I'm like, nervous. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's not going to stop me from ordering Indian food, but, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, you have to figure most people, because the thing is that you could easily trace it. That's the problem is that if you did, yeah. say, well, I did give this guy my phone and, you know, a week later, all this stuff happens. I'm pretty sure. So that's mm -hmm. why anyone smart would do would take this number and not even use it for many months down the road till you forgot about it. So Exactly. That's mm -hmm. a good point. Because I they would say that, you know, if I do that tomorrow, it's obvious, like, I stole your card. Now, if I waited till, like, October and did it, you, you've been so many other places, you'll never consider that. Well, Jessica, it's been an hour. It's been an excellent hour, I think. Yeah. Covered some really good topics. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and opening up with us. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I wasn't 100% sure where the call would go. And I, I don't know if it still went where Are I thought it would, but we, co we covered a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, is there yeah. anything you wanted to ask us before we closed it mm -hmm. out well no i mean i don't know i, I just think it was a, a really good call and i enjoyed mm -hmm. thinking about all these topics that i guess you don't usually vocalize you know too mm -hmm. often like, you know talking about celebrities and some of this other stuff yeah. i mean you know like i think about it, i guess occasionally but i just don't <clears throat> dwell on it so it is kind of interesting to, to get into that and another one i was thinking about too i don't know if i have a strong opinion on it but i remember recently reading you know, about uh, the NCAA, and they were talking about, you know, some, some of the younger women, you know, they were in track, I guess was the, I think was the example that was track. Mm -hmm. And they said it was unfair to them, that transgender women, you know, were, were, mm -hmm. were competing against them, and they were winning, I guess, because they said, well, they had stronger muscle mass, you know, so they could run yeah. inherently faster. So, you know, I, I know that's an ongoing debate now, right. is whether that's acceptable you know, like, and I guess they're trying to say I didn't want to be totally mean and say, no, we're not saying that being transgender is bad, but they were just wanting right. acknowledgement that, yes, this person who used to be a guy, you sure. know, even though he looks super feminine now, and that's great, but they would say, but he still has 
or they, or she still has the ability, you know, more muscles probably than this right. person that was naturally born female. So that this kind of an ongoing debate, I think. Yeah. Where do you fall on that? I don't know. That, that's a tough one though. Cause I mean, I, I can see where they're, they're coming from. You know, usually I would say, yes, I, I would think if someone's female, they're female, let's move on from it. But I think it is a unique case where they're, is some consideration to it i guess and i, I guess i'd say the jury was kind of out on it because yeah. i'd have to see you know <clears throat> what what all the other people would think about it too and and see what the ncaa would say and, and see whether their ruling was fair or not yeah. so i think for right now they just let it stand and say you know if you're female compete you know that's that's the end of it but you know it's like the, getting a little bit of pushback though sports is kind of the final <laughs> frontier there and that you know ideally in all walks of life or you know mm. jobs <clears throat> or uh, vocations or I have a theory that music, um, when it, there should be equality baseball uh, a woman could be a catcher because the center of gravity for women is lower and actually there is more muscle mass in our legs and our abdomen because of you know carrying babies but when you're talking about genetics like a lot of that the nerves and all that yeah but, also, also also no one I mean, you can look at averages, I guess, but, you know, I, I've, I've seen some really strong women, you know, yeah. I've seen really, you know, thin and lanky men. So I don't think you can look exactly. at a board and say, yep, you know, all I mean, men you, are more muscular. Yeah, <laughs> you just take Will and Grace. I can't see Jack on the football field, but I can see Will on the football field. I, I, wonder, I wonder in that case, you know, that's one of those things where, um, I'd look at it kind of like boxing, and I'd say that if you were going to allow women to box, which I don't think they would because they'd say it's violence against women, but I'd say but then what you would say is there's a weight class. It yes. doesn't matter what gender you are. I'd say, you know what, if you're within this weight range, that's lightweight. You know, if you're within this one, it's, you know, middleweight or whatever, and that, that might solve some problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, then you are being then you are being equal. So I don't care what gender you are. It's just, you know this this is a weight class. You know, and if, yeah, if yeah. that, no problem. So I can see some ways that you would could go off on a tangent there and say, well, if you've got this much body fat, you're in this weight class. You know, or if you got this much body, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I, I don't cannot. think like in boxing. I mean, I don't really follow boxing or MMA necessarily, but I don't. I don't think they care about if you're fat or whatever. They just say, hey, for heavyweight, it's two oh five to right. whatever. For weight. super heavyweight, yeah. it's two forty to plus i guess i don't don't think there's anything above super heavyweights yeah Yeah. point well here's like something that phil had to research so i I wonder if the mlb actually has a thing that says women cannot play because i found into the nfl does not they said technically a woman could play it would be up to the team and there might be some decision to make the rule because they didn't think it would be necessary well like you know you'll see you'll you'll see girls play on a high school football team occasionally you know sometimes the school said yep Mm -hmm. go for it you know so yeah (laughs) well it depends on on where you are the state the city the region boss i was curious Mm -hmm. you know if if there's an outright he also likes football on it so yeah well i don't think so Jess, I don't think there is a. Because uh, I would think if they say, "Look, this woman can throw a damn fastball 100 miles an hour," then sure, she, she should play yeah. because we need that. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just a gentleman's agreement. <laughs> that's that's where I kind of think so that uh, I, I that's going to be the muscular, the basic muscular structure of your average female is not going to lean towards that kind of picture in general. And I think that's where, you know, there's political correctness and then there's just common sense. Well, sure, so, but then that, that, that woman might be a good center fielder though, because they might say, well, right. she can run really good and, she, and she's really good at batting, you know, or something. Exactly. So. But that's where I think that a, a woman, if, a, if and when a woman breaks into Major League Baseball, it's going to be as a catcher. 
Catching is brutal. I'm aware, but you know why it's brutal? Because men aren't designed to squat. It's 100. We're actually designed to squat while pushing something out of our abdomen. Okay. Okay. Physically. But but I think you are going to start seeing sports being one one of these like you, like you said the la- kind of a final flux. frontier of sports. You know, decisions having to be made on yeah on that level of wh- whether you're going to let you know transgender people compete on the same level with you know other women or you know whatever. I guess I, I think it's going to be an interesting frontier to see. Yeah. Well, and then there are landmark cases involving like the Boy Scouts because there are better opportunities as a Boy Scout. Well, now the Boy Scouts, I think, says you can just be a female and join because I think they're right. hard up also for membership. So they said, exactly. yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, who doesn't want to hang around with girls? Hey, listeners, it's Lisa. And Phil. From Yeah, Uh-Huh. How are we doing? We love feedback. Please use our socials to let us know what you think. We have socials. Twitter. Yeah, Uh-Huh Pod. Instagram. Yeah, Uh-Huh Pod. Facebook. Yeah, Uh-Huh Pod. Notice, Notice a pattern. pattern. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.